All right. Well, why don't we take a moment, and you guys can introduce yourselves. I'll start because I didn't introduce myself real quick. Hi, I'm Tim. Uh, I'm one of the pastors on staff here. I get to work in our connections department. Uh, so that's awesome. And, uh, and then we'll kind of hear who these people are that we get to hear from tonight. All right. Um, my name is Karen Waldhart, and I am the pastor of women's ministry here. Impact. Whoop, Any whoop. impact women out there? All right. Come on. <laughs> and love, love, love what God has us doing, and we're expecting greater and greater things in impact this year. Yeah. Awesome. And my name is Caleb Crocker. Um, I'm a pastor in the Next Steps department. Uh, so if any of you have taken, like, say, Growth Track or Faith Essentials, uh, a number of the different discipleship classes that we've done, um, you may be familiar with me. If not, take them because they're fun <laughs> and, and they'll help you grow. But we really just try and help people find the next step uh, on their faith journey with the Lord. So. Come on. So uh, today we're going to be looking at this concept of humility. Uh, Pastor Dan Seaborn, when he was here, he kind of talked about, I, I think he called them five takeaways. I just wanted to repeat to you guys so we can kind of start with this. But one of them was live humble right where you are. Like don't try to get somewhere else, but right where you're at, wherever that is, live with humility right there. This one, when he said this one, it kind of struck me. It struck a chord with me, but he said, make sure your life story is about God. And when I heard that, I was like, wow. In, in, in America, that's an interesting concept to make sure your life story is about God. Because, I mean, I can unpack that a lot right now, but I'll just skip on. We'll come back to that. One, the third one was don't allow people to distract you from your purpose. And I think I've actually got a couple extra in here. But one is, life is a breeding ground for humility. And then the last thing he mentioned was, the Lord will exalt you where you are. But he just kind of laid out these things. And I think there's actually six there, uh, excuse me. But he laid out these things and he said, this is what we should do if we want to live a humble life. But I wanted to start tonight with just hearing from you two. And uh, maybe Pastor Karen will start with you and then uh, Pastor Caleb will go to you. And I just want to hear from each of your perspective, uh, what, does, what does humility mean? Because... I, th I think we need to start with just defining, like, what is that? Yeah, that's good. Someone cornered me one time and put me on the spot, and they asked me, what's your bottom line? I wasn't quite sure where to go with that, but I was, you know, sometimes you feel like, I don't know what to say, you know, it's like all of a sudden I'm tongue-tied. But what I was, I found is something just kind of rose up inside of me, and, it, and I just said, it's not about me, it's about him. And I saw that as really my bottom line, what I, I want to aspire to, kind of goes along with what you were saying, Tim, about making our life story about God and not just about me. It's not about my accolades. It's not about my accomplishments. And to take credit for everything that happens in my life would be wrong because we're supposed to be walking this life out with God. And if I can say that every step that I've taken Every opportunity that came my way, every door that was opened, had to seek God and humbly walk through them and to know that God is leading it. Then I can say that my bottom line was that it wasn't about me, but it is all about him. Personally, I think it's, it can be easy to better define things when you know what they aren't. So I think one thing that humility isn't is being a quiet little church mouse, nobody, 
Um, God gave us gifts, and he's growing things in us, and he's doing a good work in us, yeah. and that's designed to be seen yeah. and shared for his glory. Yeah. You know, there's a fine line between doing things selfishly, but, but I don't think it's remaining quiet. But at the same time, I think it's also attributing proper honor where honor is actually due. Because it's like I recognize that it's not by my might, by my power, by my ability that I do the things that I do or that I am the man that I am. It's recognizing God has made that. God has established that in my life. And so recognizing that is humility. You know, when you, when you say that, it makes me think of the story in the Bible where, like, the talents are given, and you have the five, the three, and the one. And by your def, like, by the opposite of your definition, I'll say, when you think about if humility isn't using your gifts, then the one who did nothing with it would have been looked, said, um, was full of humility. But it was instead, wicked. It's the opposite. Instead, it's the opposite, where it's like, the one that w- didn't do anything with it was lazy. So there's this, there's this, it's, you definitely can say that there's, there's a call on our lives mm-hmm. to use then what God has given us, Amen. but then we got to learn to use that right. humbly. Yeah, and for his glory. Yeah. So I don't believe that God ever gives us gifts just to make us look good. And I also don't believe that God gives us gifts and callings and talents um, in their finished, elevated form. I think they come in a, in a raw form. Yeah. And I think like the uh, people in the talents, um, of course they were bags of money, as we know, but we're kind of, uh, kind of blurring the words there a little bit. But you know, if it, it gave God the most glory for those who developed yeah. that yeah. and multiplied it. And so I believe God says, here's a gift I'm calling you to something. What are you going to do with it? And allow the Holy Spirit to teach you. I can honestly say um, that as I have uh, served God in different areas um, within the church over the last 30 years, uh, I have never felt called to something that I felt totally qualified for. And the calling was always bigger than me. And my confidence could not be in my ability because I said, God, I've got this. And he says, that's okay. I can work with that. And that was another point that I really like that uh, Pastor Dan brought out. God can work with somebody who says, God, I don't have it all together, but I'm going to trust in you. And the good part about that is that I could argue several times with God. God, what do you mean? You want me to do what? And I said, and he said, if you'll put your confidence in me, I will grow that thing in you. But it's always for his glory. Um, I think, I'm not sure, it might have been Sunday night, but I think it was the 1130 service. I think Pastor Dan Seaborn, kind of on that same point, he went through the story of how when he first started in ministry, he wanted to grow to be like the senior pastor and, and all this stuff. And he wanted like giant crowds. And now he shared how like his biggest joy comes when he gets to speak to those smaller crowds. And he started with an audience of two. <laughs> You know, it's this idea of like, I think, I think the way I like to say it, and I think a good way for us to look at it is we need to find our lane and then run in it. 
And humility is finding the lane that God's put for you. But I don't know, I don't, not, don't raise your hand, but I'm going to raise my hand to say, how many of us have ever tried to be somebody else, you know? And, and I'll raise my hand. I remember um, one of my best friends growing up, uh, he, he's super talented in music, like super talented in music. And I remember thinking, if I could just be as talented as him, you know, if I could just be like him, that would be so awesome. Uh, a good example of this is I played golf in, in, uh, in high school. And when I was on the golf team in high school, I tried so hard to be good at golf, you know. And, uh, and I think I tried too hard because what I found is I wasn't that good at golf. <laughs> Anyone else join? But it's like, because golf isn't my lane. If I try to be somebody else, that's not good. So what I got to do is I got to figure out where God has called me, what has he called me to do, find that lane, and then do it, and then right back to what you said. I've got to do that for the glory of God, for the glory of God. So um, I wanted to read this because uh, at the evening service, I know uh, Pastor, Pastor Dan Seaborn mentioned this, and I just think that Philippians 2 is such a powerful passage for us to look at when we're talking about humility and especially when we're looking at the fact that, uh, that Jesus did what he did. So we got, we, got to, we got to start with the fact that Jesus is the one that created the world. You know, the Bible says that through him all things were created. So Jesus was actually the one that created everything that we see. And Jesus came and was born, in a vir- uh, born of a virgin and placed in a manger. But this is what it says in uh, Philippians 2 verse 3. It says, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourself. And when I read that, I think of, it says, do no thing. Like nothing that we do, we, need, we should have selfishness involved in. I often think life is the, the, the process of working selfishness out of us, you know. Um, but do nothing from selfishness. And then I'm going to skip down to verse 5. It says, have this attitude in yourself, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God, with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant, being made in the likeness of man. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And Caleb, what I want you to kind of, what I want to hear from you is this idea of like do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit. Like what does, like what does that mean? When you think about, and maybe you can even look at the opposite of it, but it says do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit. I think first it talks about do something, right? There's action that's tied to uh, this heart posture yeah. that we have, and we're always going to be doing something. So whether that heart posture is out of alignment or in alignment with the Lord, yeah. we're going to be doing something. Yeah. So when it talks about, read that last verse for me again. Uh, the, the, the verse 3 where it says, do yeah. nothing from, yep. yeah. So verse 3, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit. I think when, I loved what you said about selfishness, the quote, 
um, in life being this sort of journey of working selfishness out of you. I think that anywhere, there's a quote that we like to say in some of our classes that we do here. Wherever you go, there you are. So you're bringing all of you with you in every situation that you're in, every relationship that you're in, every place that you go. You're bringing everything that's inside of you. So if we're not careful to allow the Lord to lead us through this process of tilling our heart and discovering what's there, the things that need to be there, the things that don't need to be there, um, we're going to find, like, we're not going to find those weeds of, of vainness and selfishness and conceit if we're not doing the work with the Lord internally first. So when we do that internal work first, then, again, wherever you go, there you are, you can show up exactly who the Lord needs you to be in that moment because you've done the work prior to not just get out of this bad, but get in the good. And as you get in the good, as you get in the... The, the person and the identity and the, the image that God has put inside you, that God has created you to be, that other stuff is less of an issue because it's, it's not something you're focused on. You're focused on the right things. You're focused on the kingdom. You're focused on his goodness. And, and like it says in Matthew 6.33, all these things will be added to you. Yeah. Your life lines up rightly and properly as you focus on the good. Yes. So even in this, like, Pursuit to get away from vainness. Don't allow that to be your focus. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You have God as your focus, and that, that, that yeah. works itself out. Yeah. Well, the perfect model was to be like Jesus. Yeah. And so uh, Philippians <clears throat> goes on to show the humility that it took for God, Jesus, to come down and take on yeah. a physical form of a man. Uh, did not take on the rights that he had yeah. as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It never changed his identity, but he was willing to humble himself. I mean, how much humbler does it get than for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to be born in a barn? Yeah. You know, I mean, I think it just showed, uh, it demonstrated in every aspect of Jesus' life that there was a true humility and um, I like that it says, too, in verse 4, it says, Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. So that selfishness of always thinking about me, 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 and what it makes me look like, and does what do people think about me, if I can turn that around and think, I'm going to think more about you, 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 and God, how can I serve this person in here today? Who is it here, Lord, that needs to know that they are loved and that you call them beloved? You know, just to be open to really say, this isn't about me. You know, I'm going to strut my stuff, toot my own horn, or am I here to serve, you know, just like Jesus did? Isn't it interesting that, you know, Jesus came at a time when there was no um, social media? But he was still widely known because of his love and his servant's heart. And he was a magnet for people who needed to know God, who were sinners. He was a sinner magnet. 
and um, and for people who needed healing just by being who he yeah. was, a, a humble servant. Yeah, um, if I can speak into that, a verse that kind of goes along with that is Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24. It says, this is what the Lord says, let not the wise boast of their wisdom or the strong boast of their strength or the rich boast of their riches. Now, if you pause there, you might look at something like boasting and think it's an, a negative yeah. thing. Well, it is when it is based on yourself. Yeah. It is when it's based on the wrong thing because it continues and says, but let the one who boasts boast about this. Yeah. First, that they have the understanding to know me, wow. that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth, wow. for in these things I delight in declares the Lord. So I think there's, I don't know if, if I can get your guys' perspective on boasting, like there's a, there's a healthy boasting. Yeah. And I think yeah. that kind of goes along with like not being a little church mouse and, and quiet and, and yeah. separating yeah. yourself from a situation to remain this like, <laughs> to keep this perspective of humility. Yeah. I think Satan shuts us down sometimes when we do that. Because we're not living, yeah. you know, our identity in Christ and boasting in that and being like, this is who God made me to be. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think um, what, I, what I would say is like, whose name are we lifting up? Mm. You know, are we lifting up our own name with our actions, our attitudes, and our desires? Or are we lifting up the name of God? You know, and Pastor Karen, when you were talking and you said, like, you talked about how humble Jesus had to be to come down. And then in my mind, like, the whole life of Jesus flashed through my mind. And I've been, I've been thinking a lot about, like, the prayers of Jesus. I think when Jesus prayed, I think his mindset was a little different than what my mindset could be when I pray. Because when Jesus prayed, first of all, he knew exactly who he was, right? He knew exactly who God was. He knew all the power that was available to him through his name, you know? When he prayed, he didn't sit there and think, I don't know if this is going to happen. <laughs> I, I've, I, I think that when I, you know what I mean? And it's like, maybe... Maybe you got to start with knowing fully who God is and then fully who we are so that we can to operate in that and then lifting up the name of God and not ourselves, boasting about who Jesus is in what we do rather than trying to make my, I mean, Dan Seaborn, Pastor Dan Seaborn talked about it Sunday night. He was mentioning a little bit of how in America it's so much about me. It's about how comfortable am I? What name can I make for myself? Am I known? And I think all of us battle that. I think of how the, God has a plan for us and the devil has a plan for us. And the devil wants us to get focused on self. Yeah. Me, 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 me. Mm -hmm. So I would say like what we need to do is start with knowing who God is. Second, know, continue to learn more and more about who we are in him. And then third, live our lives to lift up the name of God and the name of Jesus. To your point, Caleb, you said to speak into the kind of this humility. 
there were times um, back in the day, attended a very small church, had the opportunity to sing, sing solos. Well, I one day uh, after singing, someone came up to me and said, oh, you did, you did a great job. And I said, oh, that wasn't me. That was God. Yeah. And they looked at me and they went, no, it wasn't. It was you. <laughs> and they said, we know that you are glorifying God with a gift that God has given you. So you could just say thank you. And I learned something that day. It was okay to say thank you. And I say, yes, a false humility. Thank you. That names it. That nails it. And I was trying, but I was also learning that it's okay to say thank you. I'm glad that blessed you. I think uh, a verse that goes along with that is Colossians 3.12. Uh, I have another one, too, that I, I want to say, but I'll save that one for after. Uh, this says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, close yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Wow. Your clothes are external. <laughs> like, you know, you've heard people like, oh, I wear my emotions on my sleeve, right? Wear your humility on your sleeve. Like, it's, it's designed to be seen, not to be glorified in itself, but to, to send that glory up to the Lord. Like, so, Caleb, can you give an example? Like, let's say you're singing like Karen. That'd be an amazing I don't. picture of him singing like Pastor Karen. But let's say you get done singing, and you walk off stage, and someone comes up and says... Like, you rocked it. What would an example of wearing humility on your sleeve from your perspective look like? I actually just had an example of this before service in the bathroom. <laughs> so someone caught me in the bathroom and, and said, man, you did a fantastic job uh, the last time that I spoke Wednesday night. And, and he was telling me a little bit about uh, how it impacted him and his family and, you know, the different things that went along with that. And um, I just started a conversation with him surrounding it. Like, it wasn't about me. It wasn't about specifically what I shared. But it's like, you can take that opportunity to build relationship. Yeah. You can take that opportunity to see what the Lord's doing in their life. Why was something like that so impactful, maybe? Because yeah. they recognized something yeah. of skill or talent or value. They See, that's the thing. They recognized God on that. So let's talk about that. Let's not talk about, like, my skill and talent. My skill and talent just revealed the piece of God that's inside of me that he stuck there. You saw it. So let's talk about that and how that impacted you. You know what I mean? You can kind of turn the situation and the conversation around that way. I think just recognizing and saying, like, wow, that's awesome that God used that. I'm so glad that, that you were there. Thank you for the compliment. And then, yeah, turn it back, and it's like use it as an opportunity to, to lift him up. Mm-hmm. Lift him up. My, my second, can I read my second verse? <laughs> I felt like it was kind of a mic drop verse for, for a point that we shared. Um, but it's David in Psalm uh, 34.2. He says, my soul will make its boast in the Lord. The humble will hear it and rejoice. Mm. So there you have boasting and humility right in the same verse partnered together. Like what verse was that again? Psalm 34, 2. And can you read it one more time? My soul will make its boast in the Lord. The humble will hear it and rejoice. That's good. 
I think more than just the humble heard him boasting in the Lord. So the, my, question, my question right there is, what the proud do? You know what I mean? If, if, if he's boasting in the Lord, and it says the humble hear it and act one way, I wonder what the proud did. There's a, there's a, a concept. Is there anyone in here that likes baking? Maybe if you're online and you like baking, like, type, I'm a baker or something. But I don't like baking. I like people that like baking. So if you like baking, let me know. No, I'm joking. Uh, but if you take an oven and I kick it on and I put it up to 300 degrees and I call that oven the presence of the Lord. And then I take butter and call that the condition of a heart and stick it in there. What happens to butter in a 300 degree oven? It melts, right? But if I take a lump of clay and call that the condition of a heart and I put it in that oven, what happens to the clay? The clay hardens. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of what humility is, is it's protecting our heart. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's walking through life with the concept of I want to keep my heart tender before the Lord so that when I step into his presence, when I experience who he is, my heart softens more and more for him. Another way to say that is it says that Jesus was filled with compassion. I think there were people that looked at Jesus filled with compassion and got frustrated. And their heart got hardened because they didn't protect their heart. And I think a lot of that comes down to, like, there were people, if you look at, like, the Pharisees and the Sadducees throughout the Bible, what they wanted is they wanted themselves lifted up. They wanted a name for themselves. They wanted to be in charge. Um, there's, a, there's a series called The Chosen. I don't know if you guys have seen it, if you're online or in-house. I don't know if you've seen it. But uh, The Chosen goes through, and it shows the story of, like, Nicodemus and Jesus. And obviously there's creative liberty in it, but they beautifully illustrate the story of Nicodemus where he's struggling to say, do I, do I try to live life for myself or do I try to live life for Jesus? And I think that's kind of what a lot of this is for us. It's, I, I love how it says, clothe yourself with humility in that verse you were reading, uh, Caleb. It's like we get dressed every day to get ready for the day. And I think it would be a good idea probably for us to get dressed with humility every day and say, you know, Jesus, today is for you. Yeah, I would, I would add to that and say don't wait for an opportunity to arise where humility is necessary to get humble <laughs> and, and remove humility and put anything in there. Yeah. Don't wait for a situation to arise where you need something. And then all of a sudden go in your pockets looking for it because you can't yeah. give something. You can't, you know, you can't operate in something that you don't have. And so some of these things like humility, it does take first, it, it takes the right heart posture before the Lord but then it also does take some work to practice humility. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think in this, in this discussion, it's like you said Jesus was filled with, right? He recognized the source, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Jesus, he said, I, I don't say anything. I don't do anything other than what I see my father say and do so he recognized his source so we can also recognize our source it's like what what's filling you what are you spending time 
allowing to to charge you? Is it the humble one, or is it yourself? Are you plug it into yourself for everything that you need. Yeah. And what you said to Caleb, Jesus lived a life of obedience, and that's the truest humility. Yeah. So in everything, he never did anything, said anything, or thought anything that did not come directly from his Father. And then in Philippians, what you had read earlier is that he was, he emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant, being found as appearance of a man, but he humbled himself by being obedient, even to the point of death. The ultimate obedience, the ultimate humility is, is following what the Father sent him to do to the point of death. And I think it's worth noting, Jesus had a will just like we do, and yet he did not sin. Why? Because he was obedient to the point of death, and that's just true humility. And, and it's this beautiful picture, right? Jesus, throughout his life, walking in humility, yet he's the only one that could have said, that's enough. Yeah. Like, I'm done with this. Yeah, he, he could have. He, he could was have. the one that had the power, had the authority, right. yet he chose to walk that out. That's right. He chose to submit himself. Yeah. Just a beautiful picture of how we need to choose each and every moment to walk in humility. And I really feel like this would probably be a good moment to just stop and, uh, and maybe pause for a second. Uh, I really feel like uh, some of the things that we've said tonight, especially on the idea of like knowing fully who you are in Jesus, who you are in Christ, and knowing that I think is huge. Because if we're living our life struggling to find out who we are, we're going we're gonna to just fumble over and over and over and over and trip up on ourselves. But if we just stop and say, okay, Jesus, it's about you and who you say I am. So I'm going to do this. Uh, We're just going to take like 30 seconds and just rest in the presence of God. So whether you're in-house, if you can close your eyes. If you're online and you have the ability, please uh, join with us. But I just want to close our eyes and just ask Jesus to speak. Excuse me. Ask Jesus to speak to our hearts and reveal more who we are in him. Uh, and the cool thing is, is it's not based, again, on anything that we do. It's based on who he is. So would you, would you close your eyes with me? And if you're joining with us uh, online and you can as well, why don't you go ahead and close your eyes? Jesus. Jesus. You are the ultimate example of true humility. And thank you, Lord, that you teach us in Proverbs to guard our hearts with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. By your Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus, we surrender ourselves. We give up our need to be recognized or being given credit. I feel like there's someone here who has been kind of passed over at work. And it wasn't fair. And something rises up inside of you and said, I should, I, I don't deserve this. But I hear the Holy Spirit saying, if you will react and respond in true humility, 
I will lift you up to an even better place. So, Father God, teach us how to walk each and every day like Jesus did with our ears open to your voice. Thank you, Lord, that you plow up the hardness of our heart and that we can learn to walk in true humility like Jesus did, obeying you even to the point of death. We thank you, Lord, for this work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts today. In Jesus' name.